Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. And Danny, we have a special guest, a first timer on the show today. She's Anna Witty. Anna, cheers to you. Cheers. Thanks and, for And welcome me. to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Welcome, Anna, newest contributor of the Charlotte Soccer Show. Just It always gets bigger here. We never go backwards. We always go forward. We decided to add someone in who might give us a little bit more of a... Uh, tactical know-how you're uh Anna's a very experienced and knowledgeable soccer analyst former player calls a lot of games on ESPN gonna be working with us John and I like to think we know tactics but Anna really knows them (laughs) at the same time maybe we're messing with the chemistry a little bit here I know Johnny and I have a good thing going on here so if if the TIFOs don't like the show as much with you on it and it's we're gonna have to throw you under the bus and get you out of here I don't know but we're excited to have you in anyway yeah thank you for having me what are you drinking I am having a Pacific coat. What was it? We Pacific just went over Standard this. Time. Pacific, Pacific Standard, Standard Time. Time. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I was yeah. drinking all weekend. They're good. Huh? It's good. Which, by yeah. the way, Pacific Standard Time is going to get very familiar mm-hmm. uh, to the Charlotte FC fan base because mm-hmm. Charlotte FC is hopping on a plane heading out to Vancouver this week. We'll get to that uh, in the show for sure. Um, we, Danny and I, we're drinking human together because that's let's what be, let's be human, human together. together. That's what we're doing because that's what we, we need to do that today after our party yesterday, the tailgate party. Shout out to all the TIFOs for being there. It's great to see everybody to start off the season and just catch up with everybody. <laughs> After what felt like a super long off season, which is super interesting because abroad and in different uh, global leagues in soccer, the off seasons are so short. Yep. But when you get knocked out in the in the playing round of the playoffs, all of a sudden you're waiting many many months to kick off. So we saw a lot of people yesterday at Hotfly, uh, and and I think the tailgate went great. Danny, what'd you think? I mean, the tailgate was amazing. If you know, you know. If you're here, you know. Uh, things happened that will never happen again, and things happened that will happen again. You want to come be part of? So uh, definitely. One of those things you can't miss. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, the crown won. I guess we should not bury the lead there. We're 1-0 for the first time ever. We're yeah. first time ever having a winning record as a franchise, as a club. I think it's the first time a Charlotte team has had a winning record in quite some time. If you're Honestly, probably. The Panthers and uh, whoever else is playing in this town. But I will say that there's a lot to talk about. Yep. And I want to hear what Anna has to say about it as well. I want to hear your takes, John. I want to hear how your new seats went. You got a new location at the Keep. Yep. But we got to first mention our location here, where we're at. It's a Sunday hop fly show. If you're watching live on the internet on all kinds of various channels, we welcome you. We thank you. And welcome into hop fly. This is the home base for the year. We've been talking and talking and talking about it. And here we are actually doing our post game wrap up recap of a Charlotte FC win. It feels damn good, Johnny. It feels great. And, you know, the fact that Anna's here now on the show, that she's going to be tri- contributing here. And for what it's worth, Danny, you know, what I, is it worth? Uh, <laughs> You could come here and hang out with us and, and have a beer and watch us live in person right. here on Sundays too. We don't, we don't might, I might even buy you a beer. We Ooh. don't we don't close off the you can't let space. that offer go. No, you can't. A lot of seats. Too. Yeah, there, there is a ton of seats in here. So if you want to just make this part of your your weekly routine, we'll plan to be here at Hot Fly usually around four or five o'clock on Sundays uh, when it works for us after a match and after a win, it really works. So we're going to dive into a lot on the show today. We're going to talk about tactics and the reason why Anna's here is because she's going to break down some players for us. Remember when we said. Anna was a, a real soccer analyst. Like, we actually mean that. You can see her on ESPN. She does a great job co- covering the NWSL yeah. as well. Anna and I did a Queens match together this season we as well. Did. That's how we Best met. Of the year. Yeah. And we talked about that. Best and, Anna, of course, I'm, I'm, and this is not why Anna's a, a part of the show, but it just happens to be true. I'm a Penn Stater. Anna's a Penn Stater as well. Yes. But when I was a Penn State. Biggest defensive play of the night last night made by a Penn Stater as well. That's true. Andrew Privet. We are. Andrew Privet on, on this squad as well. Mm-hmm. Something that we'll get to know. Gotta, We've got to have Andrew show on love. the show. This, I was going to say, we, we can't let a Penn Stater like not yes. come on the show. And uh, Anna played at Penn State. What was your position yeah. at Penn State? I'm a lefty. And I so I played Ooh. left back. 
Love it. Yeah, Love yeah. It. Dean, Dean was looking for a left-footed center back. Can, can you play in the middle? Center back? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too tall, and I hate heading the ball. That's actually – I still play adult league, and that's my one rule. I will not, not head the ball. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. Sorry, Dean. Well, we do have a center back <laughs> yeah. that made big oh, we, waves. Who did on, head the ball. On Saturday yes. night. Uh, <laughs> Adilson Melanda, the Frenchman, who is one of those players on Charlotte FC that is unbelievably young. You would think he is 28, 29 years old, the way that he mm -hmm. plays the position. Mm -hmm. And he was yet, hasn't scored an MLS, went into the entire season last year without scoring a goal. Right. And all of a sudden, Danny Brams, he steps up in what was a huge moment in the first 10 minutes of the match. And that's what I want to get into. And Edilson Milano got his name on the score sheet. And the crown of the opening corner. It's the Colombian. What a moment for Tavares! Portuguese perfection in Piedmont and the crown lead before 10 minutes. You'd love to whip a corner in like Kerwin Vargas does here. And there's the header from Tavares and Melanda. I don't think it had gone over the line, picks up the pieces. New York City will be disappointed, but Charlotte FC and the 63,000 are static. There's Melanda just picking up the paces, getting his first goal for Charlotte FC. 1-0 Charlotte FC, what a start. It was Melanda who finished it off. A great play by the center back there. Ooh, it's in, nice. In the building, I, I said to myself, oh, I think that was a, a, a Tavares goal, a header perfectly placed in that top right corner. And I said, wow, this kid makes his debut know, and he scores yeah. a goal in the first 10 minutes. That's incredible. They showed the replay in the stadium. I thought to myself, oh, that's an Adelson Milanda goal. Right. I mean, follow your shots, right? When you're in the box, whether you're a striker or a center back on a, on a set piece play, follow the shot go after the ball don't just let it sit there and watch and uh and if he would have been caught ball watching there he would not have scored and we would have felt incredibly hard done by as yeah, the crown to see Tavares's shot go off the underside of the crossbar and not go in we would have been pissed so thank goodness Addy was there to clean it up but I just think too like overall the picture of a set piece in the first game those those types of set pieces and those opportunities that teams have this early on in the season typically don't really turn into anything and the fact that charlotte fc had the ability not mm -hmm. only vargas to get that ball like right on top of the six but for two players oh, to yeah. finish he it that thing yeah it was real nice that like ring. definitely yeah. can't be let go either so i mean a set piece goal at home in that type of situation when you feel that pressure i think that's a huge positive for this team this season yes and i'm glad that we mentioned the the vargas whipped in corner because yeah. a lot of times i think you'll see some 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 corners especially in mls you know they're not as classy as you mm -hmm. would expect but anytime kerwin vargas is is on the corner flag and and he's on his right foot he's got a chance to to whip that out swinger yeah. right on top of the six and that's what, what we saw what what is that like i mean on a squad right when you've got a player like that that you know can can do some nasty things with a soccer ball considering Ashley Westwood is on this squad. Right. You know, he's known for mm -hmm. his beautiful right foot, and it's Kerwin yeah. Wargus there on the, the corner flag getting the job done. Brecht was taking free kicks, also, uh, corner kicks in uh, Coachella while Kerwin's not available. So it was it was a surprise to me to see Kerwin come in and, and take over the set pieces like that, although Westy was kicking the uh, direct free kicks. But corners went to Kerwin, and he did well with them. It was all part of sort of a tale of two halves for Vargas. Like, we'll get more into his performance in a little bit, but, like, He's catching a lot of flack, you know, from the fans for everything that happened in the second half, but he had a really nice first half, in my opinion.
Yeah. And, and shout out to Brian Marley and all the TFOs who are joining us now live on the show. Appreciate y'all being here. Uh, talking about uh, Lloyd Sam, who was on the call. It's great to hear Lloyd on the call. Eric yeah. Krakauer, though, they, they broke up the dynamic duo. I don't know That's what they're thinking at MLS mistake. headquarters, at Apple headquarters. That one was a mistake to me just because <laughs> two guys that have been working together for two years. That's yeah. two years of chemistry. You just kind of like turn your back on. But they would have had the reasons, and I don't know what they are. So. Anna, you do play-by-play. -play. You do uh, analyst work for for college soccer, for professional soccer as well. Mm -hmm. um, what you th what you think about uh, Lloyd Sam on the call last night? He's a big friend of the show, a tremendous friend of the show. Yeah. We love to hear him. He's it's exciting the way he does color commentary, isn't it? It, it is. He bring he. I thought he brought the excitement. Like he met every single moment. Both of them did on the call, and he had a ton of information. Like not only on the individuals, you could tell like he knew. Yes. The teams very well, obviously, Charlotte really well. But I thought it was great and really good insight into MLS, especially, you know, the first game of the season. You have a lot of new fans, I'm sure, watching the game. So he brought a lot of background knowledge, too, that made it fun to hear. Absolutely. When you say that, the, the new season of MLS kicking off, it's been it's been unbelievable. We're going to talk about MLS in a whole in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the way that at least this league works, and I know NWSL is very similar, is, is that every season feels like a brand new beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just so much new happening in the league. And I've got a big hot take, Danny. I think um, we're going to do another take about uh, resetting expectations. I after love this. it. We, we, we reset them. You reset them backwards a few weeks ago. Now we're going to re re reset forwards a little I bit. I think we're going to reset them a little bit. Let's go, reset. Why not? It's a stun. We're drinking on a Sunday afternoon. We might as well reset a few expectations. Okay, so the, fir the first big question, I want the, the TFOs to chime in here on the live chat. The first big Thank question for being here. of the show is like, what does this win actually mean, right? Mm -hmm. um, I called this this match a cup final, tongue-in-cheek. I said that on the last show simply because I viewed the the three games with a clean sheet performance at the Coachella Invitational mm -hmm. as, okay, now we're going to go play the final against NYCFC at home right. at the Keep, right? Let's let's take that momentum and bring it to that Stages first of the game campaign. of the, the season. Exactly. We, we laid them out, and this was a one-game stage, a it, cup final-esque atmosphere. Exactly yeah. right. Considering now Charlotte FC goes on the road for the next three matches, doesn't have another home game until the end of March. I think it's the 23rd of March, mm -hmm. something like that. I don't know if that date is right, but it's a month yep. or so to the next home game. So that when you, when yeah, you put that all into perspective yeah. – yeah. What what does this, Danny, what does this mean? This win actually mean to you? To me, I wish I had a pair of aviators that I could put on for this take, but it means Dino's at the wheel. I mean, it, yeah. everything that they were telling us about, I got a new attitude, you know, under Dean Smith, <laughs> it's been true. You know, like we've been hearing, you know, we live in two worlds on this show. We live with the fan world and then we sort of live with the, what we can garner from talking to people at the club world. And what we could garner from talking to people with the club was the don't worry be happy mentality the scotty arfield you know singing the don't worry be happy uh song at the at the dinner it was like hey the, the, what they, the people who were inside were telling us all along we can see what dino's doing just wait till the team rolls out the balls just wait till we get there on the 24th meanwhile fans on the outside you know in in our you know probably too online and too granularly focused on the whole damn thing complaining on and on and on about no signings no signings where's the signings who's the signings and everybody inside is just saying, hey, don't worry about hand up. it. I'm going to put my hand don't up. Don't worry that. about it. Be happy. Dino's at the wheel. It's all good. And for one game, at least, it's proven true. The team looked right. incredibly different last night. Um, notably, even though I would say this was a little bit of a low light, and I'm sure Enzo still probably went to bed pissed about this. But if you look at the Tavares chance early on, maybe, maybe – 15, 19 minutes in or so, uh, where there was a breakaway that was created by Enzo, and Enzo gets the steal in our own half, kicks it out to Devars, and then just goes on a really nice run, holds his run, makes sure he's not offside, finds the perfect angle, shows himself for Tavares, and instead Tavares just like fires one into Rosie. And it's like, 
that's not good because I wish he would have passed it to Enzo there. But at the same time, that's the freedom that Dean Smith has put onto this team, which is a rookie in his MLS debut feels like he can have a go and take a shot from 25 yards out at an angle at full speed instead of passing to the DP number nine who's showing himself. So, again, I wish the pass would have happened, but the freedom Ashley Westwood spoke of in terms of it's not about the system anymore. It's about taking chances, and this manager's not going to yell at you for taking a chance and losing the ball in the offensive half. And that's, that's the play was the perfect example. Of that to me. I love this juxtaposition on the show simply because, Danny, you've been following this team very closely for a very long time, and Anna's coming, in here. Anna's coming in here. She's covering the team for the first time this yeah. year, which is super exciting. So the perspectives, I, I think – will maybe look a little bit different. So yeah. this is the first time you're seeing this team in a, in a regular season match. I know right. that you've you've watched the, right. the preseason matches as well, but what's your takeaway and what does this win mean to you? And what do you think about the club and, and it's, it's possibility to potentially have a good season? Yeah, I've been watching, well, I should say I've been watching MLS as a whole for a long time, but right. like focusing on Charlotte hasn't been something that I've done. And the first eight Welcome minutes- Welcome to the insanity. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm from the state too. And I thought that, you know, I soccer here in North Carolina tends to just be more like of a tactical, like players like to play more of a tiki taka style rather than Buddha and gun like you see more in Texas, I would say. Uh, but to start, style. <laughs> well, it's true, especially like the college game here. Anywho, sticking with Charlotte in the first eight minutes of the game, they just were running like mm. uh, you talked about what the dp and capitelli was doing he was just like leading it and he didn't really they created much by working off the ball and not allowing nycfc to have opportunities in the final third so it was like this consistent movement and go that i really don't right. see from many mls do you think like i think st louis is good right right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with like with eyes that are not as obsessed as yeah. like ours that are just like <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm right. so close to the sun right now right. i have no clue i think I this team is good i my, think they're good as a whole they don't have one superstar my entire self-image yeah. is caught up in whether or not this team is good so i'm like way too close <laughs> to the sun i'm like okay I'm, maybe I'll... i'm a sunbeam i get it i get it out into space so it's nice that someone with some sort of fresh eyes can come in and see at least confirmation of what I believe, which is that it's a whole new team under Dino. That's well, and also Coach Smith coming from England, like he's right. he's going to want to play more of a different brand of soccer. He's not going to want to kick it all the time. Nice but brand. the defensive style and like what they did in the first eight minutes to not allow NYC to get comfortable mm -hmm. shows that they are playing together as a team. And that's what you want to see from a team in the first yeah. game. The, def you know? the defense had to come up big too in the last 20 minutes of the first half yeah. because we – I felt like we dominated the first half of the first half and then sort of let up and let ourselves get pushed around a little bit in the last 20 minutes of the first half. And so it was nice to see the work rate that was being done by those defenders to make sure that even though we're under pressure, we're not really in danger of conceding. I think they only had one shot on goal in that first half, despite a lot of pressure. One shot on goal. I mean, that's for what it's worth. Enzo Capetti didn't have any shots on goal, and we, and we still think that he had a really nice game. So it, does, mm -hmm. it doesn't always mean shots don't mean everything, right? It's about movement. It's about spacing. It's about tactical adjustments. And to your point, and both of your points, Dean Smith has this team playing in a way. And I think I, I wanted to just come on the show today, and I wanted to just be like, "Hey, Dean Smith's the man," and you know, he's really Dino, got this team playing Dino's well. Dino's at the fucking wheel. We <laughs> <laughs> put him through uh, a British preseason, and these guys look mm -hmm. look mm -hmm. really fit, right? So I think all those things are true. But I wanted to offer up a different perspective. And I think what Dean Smith is doing is he is uh, showing this fan base. I think he's, he's showing people that have followed this club for a while now just how big of a fraud Christian Latanzio was. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and just how big of a fraud Miguel Look. and Hale Ramirez were. I mean, the, the two hires that Charlotte FC made, made to start this franchise are abysmal. When you think about Dean Smith, you think about his uh, his, his CV, where he's been, who mm-hmm. he's coached, what he can do. Mm-hmm. Ashley Westwood, I, I thought it was a really bold move this past week for Ashley Westwood at the player availability to just come out and say, yeah, I'm confident that we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Calling a shot. And I thought to myself, right. wow, that's a yeah. dangerous thing You'd to say. You'd never seen him do that before, I, be that confident. I, no, absolutely not. And then Dean Smith. Because you're expecting an athlete to give you all the platitudes. And right. and to say we're going to try to get the win and I'm confident we're going to get the win is two different things in my True. mind. And that's what he went with. I, I, absolutely right. And, then, and, and Dean Smith, I thought, said, you know, I really have no other choice. I need to win this game. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. And yeah. so you know, he my, said, I, I've never lost. Uh, of my first game with a new team, except the time I had to play Man City away as my first manager uh, game at Leicester. So, by the way, when you're done watching this episode, Danny put together a really nice YouTube clip. Uh, it yeah. might be the next clip that airs in the playlist if you're, if you're smart, if yes, you're wise. Absolutely. Check if you've out. got your algorithm trained correctly. Uh, featuring, it depends on how long YouTube's going to let that stay up there. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You know, everybody, the, the, we're trying to build this tradition. It might be just me and Greg. It might just be Greg Franco and I are the only ones, but we're trying to build this tradition of uh, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody as our post-match, post-win song to play in the stadium. And uh, so I edited a little video of Dean Smith's like post-game comments to that song and uh, put the little video of Rachel and uh, Chica Muerte dancing. Oh, you did? I missed video. that. I didn't get that far. You got to watch that. I mean, yeah. this guy didn't even give me a courtesy view <laughs> on our, on our own channel. View later tonight, on our own channel. I mean, it's, it's one of those days. We, we used to call these the... Uh, the content fiesta. What do we call? Yeah, yeah, Sunday? the Sunday morning content fiesta, and we're going to participate in a lot more. We're going. I'm going to be editing stuff just yeah. with post game comments and music and and pictures from Matt Geslin, who we uh, were lucky enough to get a lot of access to his work now this season. Yes. Great photographer on the sidelines, and Kevin Young might even contribute a little bit as well. Uh, so things are looking good for my Sunday mornings to be stuck editing uh, video and music and i can't wait so hopefully the fifos reward us by watching the videos let's all now choose our man of the match i think this is a really interesting Huge. conversation and the we reason, all have different ones and the, and the reason why i think adam made such a great point is that this team really right now doesn't have a superstar it's mm-hmm. like a very a team that's very together a team that that wants to support each other so anna let's let's start with you you picked you picked enzo capetti i did and a cup of tea enzo capetti either one you can go either one <laughs> um, tea. and I, I i think it was a a, a smart pick Right. It's, it, it's not my pick, but when you look at the stat sheet, you see zero goals, zero assist, assists, not a lot of expected goals. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to, I wanted to show uh, the Enzo Capetti heat map and, and player rating along with a bunch of other player ratings as well. And just kind of get your thoughts, first of all, why you, you selected Enzo Capetti as your man of the match and and what do you make about this heat map and, and what I, what turned you on to the fact that Enzo was having a really nice game? Capetti really led that line that we're talking about with the entire team keeping NYCFC pinned in. So the whole, so he's all this yellow, he's this orange. So you could see Capetti, like they recognize that NYC, maybe their weakness was on that right flank. So they're trying to keep that outside back pinned in and they're trying to put that pressure there, but they're keeping the ball in NYC's defensive half of the field. And even though they don't have the ball, he's the one who has that tactical awareness of knowing like how to move his body and what movement. If you know the women's game, Alex Morgan's a player who does this really well. Like when they don't have the ball, she's leading the team in a way that everyone feels confident. And Capetti looked the same. I thought he looked exactly the same in that sense. Like he was leading, even though he wasn't scoring and shooting and 
doing all the things that you expect from a forward too. You, you see uh, Sofa Score gives them a 6.6 .6 rating. And, and when a striker doesn't score a goal, it's really tough to get, I think, sometimes to get over 6.5. That means you got to really mm -hmm. be really yeah. nice and hold up play. Mm -hmm. It means you got to do the dirty work. Right. And you got to put yourself out there. The so hard yards, as Lenny C is calling it here. In the oh, comments. yeah, of Thanks, course. Lenny C. The yeoman, the yeoman shift, 100%. Well, I also want to say, too, like as a – Board who's that selfless in a moment that just shows how much he cares about the team. He's not like upset about not getting the opportunities, not getting the opportunities he, to score. He wants to do what's best he, for the he team. He gave away a penalty kick. I mean, after the it's so crazy. Like you weren't here last year, Anna, but like right. there was this huge drama in like the final six matches of the season where anytime we got a penalty, our old guy, Carol Swiderski, the the PK taker, was just so yeah. obsessed with getting his goal counter up so that he could try to get a move to Europe. So I do know that. Even when, Pochetti, that. Even when Copetti would like win the penalties, Carroll would grab the ball and just refuse to let it go. Even when Copetti mm -hmm. was like begging him like, hey, my family's here in the stands. Can I just score a goal for my my family for fuck's sake? Well, like, Carroll was like, no, this is my ball. I saw and that so it was ball. really crazy that yeah. Copetti would give it up. Right. And I saw that like they were even talking about that in the wrap up show on season pass. I was watching it back this morning. They were like, why did Copetti not take that PK? Mm -hmm. To your point, it's good other people are doing it. Yeah. In the future, this early. let's wait till we had a two-goal lead before we start giving stuff away. When, uh, but did he give like, it away? Yeah, yeah, because he, so? because uh, according to him, according to his own yeah. post-game he, he, he said he said it afterwards. Kerwin asked for it. Because okay. if you saw it, what it was, it was Kerwin had this great chance, and then the defender just handball grabbed it. Just yeah. clear penalty. Should Probably should have been a red card almost in my mind because it was a, such it was like almost a premeditated handball in my book. Okay. But – Regardless, it took a great chance away from Kerwin. This ball was going to fall to him in the box beautifully. Mm -hmm. And so I think he was like, Enzo, just let me score it. You know, I should have had this chance. And, and Enzo's like, Kerwin's like my little brother, I think is what he said in the post game. So he let him do cool. it. But let's wait till we have a bigger lead here before we start, you know, making, you know, courtesy picks and things like that. Okay. So this is, I've been waiting for this moment, right? I've, I've seen the reaction and, and I think this is a good example of sometimes. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Danny, Danny told me once when, when, when they zig, you zag. Mm -hmm. And you know, for it. me, I don't do that purposefully. Like I just recognize sometimes when I'm feeling a certain way, when I'm seeing everyone give yeah, it. You do it instinctively. Yeah. You're, a, you're a zigzag without even trying, John. <laughs> like when I when I when I saw everyone saying, Oh, Enzo Capetti, he's a great teammate. Um, you know, that's that's a really good look for him. It's something that he needs to do. And he's developing his his young brother, his teammate, giving mm -hmm. him the opportunity to score that PK. Um, I sided with with Lloyd Sam, who was on the broadcast saying. What is Enzo Capetti doing? What the hell? Yeah, your exactly. number nine needs to step up to the right. spot. Yeah, because especially because the first at that game moment, at, not not just because of the first game of the year, because at that moment it's one nil. Right. The second goal means everything. Mm -hmm. You are now the lone striker for this team. You're mm -hmm. the only designated player on this team. And what a second goal does there is it takes away the mm -hmm. nerviness at the end of the match right. that Charlotte FC has had such a problem with right. the first two years of its history. I wanted to see Enzo step up and bury that thing. So here I am on two sides of this, right? I feel like we're on two different extremes, right? Last season, we've got Enzo Capetti fighting with Carol Swierski, trying mm -hmm. to literally rip the ball from Marble. his hands. <laughs> and then this year... We've got Enzo Capetti giving, giving the ball away. to somebody else. Hey, little bro. <laughs> Just land in the middle here. Yeah. Like, that's what I – How so, about so score for, a penalty, Enzo, for freaking – Yeah. Like, yeah. If, you don't, if you can't take it or if you don't want to take it, just next time, Enzo, this is uh, this is your team. You're the nine. Patrick Ajumon picked up a knock, wasn't in the squad. Mm -hmm. I think that was and, – and what Lloyd did say on the broadcast was, this is a great opportunity for Enzo Capetti to open his account and get right. his, his season rolling, get right. a goal and feel that Set confidence. The tone. And I think that he was overcompensating. And, and, and listen, don't 
don't take this the wrong way. I think, again, it was a really nice move. It was a friendly thing to do, and it was called brotherly, and I agree with that. It was, considering Vargas is a very young player, Enzo Capetti, they're both Spanish-speaking players, and it's clear that Capetti has taken Vargas mm -hmm. under his wing. Right. But at the same time, I think it was Enzo's opportunity to take and score PK there. Totally. I, I mean, I, I don't – I agree. Like, why did you give it away in that moment? But maybe he felt Vargas had – that extra ump to put it away. He wanted to maybe give him that, I don't know, morale boost. What's the word? Yeah, that confidence boost maybe. Right. Like in the first game, hey, I believe in you. You can score this goal. Sure, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but uh, they also say the most dangerous score in soccer is two nil. So yeah, no, no <laughs> yes, that is true. But the worst, the I most dangerous that. lead in Charlotte FC land is leading by one goal. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And we have to sort of like. What do they say when you're playing like uh, poker or, or any type of game, or whatever? You don't be results oriented. Like if it, if it was a bad move, if it worked, if it was a bad move and it worked, that didn't make it a good move, you know. So if, even if Kerwin had right. scored that, I think Johnny, you would still probably feel 100%, the same. Would have, yeah. I absolutely felt the same exact way in that scenario. Yeah. And and credit again to Lloyd Sam who was saying that before the ball was even kicked. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it was a great pick, and I think you know as a former player, it's really you know that's the type of I think. Uh, view that we're looking for on the mm -hmm. show and, and why we mm -hmm. want to bring Anna onto the team is because, you know, after a game like this, I, you didn't see anybody say, hey, Enzo Capetti was man of the match. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, there was a moment in that first 10 minutes where I was gushing about the way Enzo Capetti was playing off the ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did taper off. It's one of those things you can't sustain it forever. And that is going to be something that I really watch for in this team this season. How do they evolve underneath what Smith wants them to do and what they can sustain? for an extremely long season. 10 minutes though, you definitely, it affected the entire game. Like NYC never found their groove after that. Oh, that's a fantastic pick. And uh, coming out of the gates hot, Anna's her first show saying that's a mm -hmm. man of the match and Charlotte FC gets a W. So, I mean, the vibes are good here. Yeah. The vibes, vibes are good, good all preseason. Vibes are good on the show mm -hmm. today. And the vibes are good on the back line, Danny, because your man of the match is. I got to go with Milanda. I'll just take the obvious choice, if you don't mind. The guy who scored the goal and got a clean sheet and had some big tackles well, for sure. Well, we made sure that we cut a, a, a highlight clip of Adios and Milanda. Up, because, please. like you said, everybody knows about the goal and it's easy of to course. say, oh, I, Addy Milanda, he shows up on yeah. on the line. He heads one in, and he gets man shout, of the match. Shout out, shout out to El Presidente, by the way, Joe Labu. He's been predicting. He basically th called his shot. Kind of a is it count as calling your shot when you just say someday this is going to happen? But Joe has told us many a time about how he's predicted Addy Milanda would have a game winning goal uh, someday, and I think he did predict that Addy's first goal in the league will be a game winner. So I will give him credit for that. So here's Love the you, Joe. Here's the goal again. The crown. Well, the opening corner. It's the Colombian. Oh! What a moment for Tavares! Portuguese perfection in Piedmont. And the crown lead before 10 minutes. You'd love to whip a corner in like Kerwin Vargas does here. And there's the header from Tavares and Melanda. I don't think it had gone over the line, picks up the pieces. New York City will be disappointed, but Charlotte FC and the 63,000 are static. There's Melanda just picking up the pieces, getting his first goal for Charlotte FC. I've said Lloyd's name like six times on the show. Just start, start the clicker going. How many times I'm going to say his name? That was a great call. He great knew goal. who scored the goal. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he knew that the play-by-play -play got in, but Lloyd did know. But the reason why Addy's not – I did like that Portuguese perfection in Piedmont call, unfortunately. It was, uh, it was a good call. 
wrong guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, Addy, uh, the goal alone is not enough, though. But Addy on the spot is great. But really, he was on the spot on defense. Like, we don't win that thing without the clean sheet, obviously. The goal is nice, but the clean sheet, I'll take it even even more. And you, you got another clip to show us exactly why. John. Ball by Old Tall as well. But look, just behind Melanda, Bakras lurking. Really important. This was a chance. A nice set piece worked on, on the training ground. Look at the block from Melanda in the end. Really getting in the way. Melanda's had a few important blocks so far. Could have been 1 1. In August of 2022. Added again on the defensive prowess. And this current. It's the Colombian. What a moment for Tavares! What a moment for Tavares, what a moment for Addy Milan, and what great defenses we saw there. Absolutely. I, I think that that's something that we really want to try to do is, is figure out a way to bring right. uh, you know highlights to the show after a match that it, that aren't just like the, the, the right. ones that you're going to see disseminated everywhere on Twitter. We're going to find a way. You know, we didn't get a chance to find that the, the pressing and, and the and the great movement by Enzo, but we did find a way to to figure out uh yeah, Adilson Milanda and his impact on that back line. Yeah, and just he's going to keep doing it, folks. I mean, like we Shout out to the scouts. I just got to shout out the scouts every time for going and finding this kid from League Do. You know, like I mean, you don't you don't expect to go to the second division of France and find a guy who can come in and just anchor a, a defensive line uh, in MLS for years to come. I can't wait. I mean, he's adding Milanda, baby. He's our guy. I was looking at the stats from last year for Charlotte. They conceded fifty two goals. That's yep. a lot. So yeah, when you bring many. in a player like Way Melanda who can really anchor that back line, you could see what he was doing, obviously scoring, but him stepping in, he knew when to step. His other center back obviously uh, knew how to cover that space. I don't. I think that'll be more in the 40s, like the low 40s this season with a player like him. Well, he was just more free to be a defender too when he had to be. Again, we go right. back to the fraudulent nature of everything that we've been seeing around this club style-wise and managerial-wise up till now. And, and Dean Smith just giving these guys freedom and like, what do you need? You know this as a soccer player. Like, what's the most important thing? You, you need to have an idea of some technicality. You need to know what your plan is and like how your team is going to go. But you got to be playing for joy out there. You got to have joy on the pitch or it's just not going to work. You need that team morale, like all together. You want everybody on the same page right. at the same Freedom time. Freedom of expression. Yeah. You play. And you can you know? play how you want to within the way that Smith wants them to play. I think you saw that from like every individual. They all had their own sense of freedom. They all had their own flair mm -hmm. throughout the 90s. I had a chance, Danny, after the Dean Smith introductory press conference this offseason to you know chat with Zoran Cronetta for, for a bit. And mm -hmm. Love the guy. You know, we talked about Christian Latanzio. And, and the reason why I think that's important to bring up now is because the, the center back pairing specifically, his ability to play defense. The way it happened uh, last season with, under Christian Latanzio, Anna, was – that Christian Latanzio basically sold the club on this idea that he was going to play a really easy 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 and play simple soccer. Okay. And he gets the job after uh, being the interim manager and having decent success at the end of the year one. Uh, you know, the fan base was excited at the end of the season, despite not making the playoffs, which is tough to do. Yeah. And so the the, the Tepper Sports Entertainment Group decided that, hey, Christian Latanzio is going to be our full-time guy. And we'll give him a shot. And they gave him a shot. But what ended up happening was, is that Christian Latanzio, he backpedaled on everything that he mm -hmm. told the club that he was going to do. He turned Andrew he dropped Privet. the pragmatic approach. He, he, tr he tried to turn Andrew Privet into John Stones. He tried mm -hmm. to take, mm -hmm. he tried to turn one of the center backs into 
where in basically a forward player that moves uh, past the halfway line really orchestrates the offense, leaving Addy Milan to just back there in, as a lone center back and what is basically a back three or a back one based on high, how high the fullbacks are. He tried to turn Joseph Moore into Joao Cancelo. <laughs> Didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, a young player like that, too, who hasn't had experience in the league, maybe didn't have the comfortability to do it by themselves in a team who wasn't they were underperforming to yeah. begin with. So, yeah, that I mean, good partnership. And in this, by the way, Danny, uh, it, it's a good pick. He's not my man of the match. And the reason why is because I've been I've been I've been sitting on this for a couple of days now because Let's go. There, there was a there, there was a <laughs> bear, baby. There was a moment. Bear me. Where bear, I, bear I, me I, and bear me. We're, we're going to take a break soon. We can we can <laughs> fill up for sure. Um, you know, for me, the man of the match is is Junior Urso, Ooh. and the reason why is because he was absolutely everywhere, mm -hmm. all over the pitch. And I thought one thing that was was really exciting to see. I, I felt like Junior Urso was having an amazing game, and Danny he knew it too. Surprised, you know, if you're sitting on the bench for eighty something minutes, and there's the final whistle. The Crown claims their home opener for the very first time. Job done for Dean Smith in his debut. And Adilson Malanda with his eighth minute goal stands tall. And Charlotte FC, the victors, and still unbeaten in their brief history against New York City. Well done to Dean Smith. You know, they came with a game plan. The defenders done really well today. Melanda, Privet, all the way back, even the midfield. You've got also, you've got Westwood. Really good performance from them. Defended very well. You know, off the three away games next for Charlotte FC. But NYCFC, they would like to get back home and get some home games in and get their game going a little bit with the pattern of... Now, did you see him there after the after the final whistle whistle there? When I saw him celebrate like Serbian that. Serbian love there uh, there from Kalina and uh, Mijatovic, but yeah, but yeah. Urso at, was amazing. At the end of the match, the camera pans mm -hmm. right to Urso, and 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 the producer and I were on the same page one hundred percent because I thought Junior Urso just put on an absolute masterclass last night, and he's got people around him, Anna, that really mm -hmm. helped him do his job and, and do it well. Yeah, I mean credit to what the coach has done when it comes to the formation. He was playing with a little bit, I think, in the preseason as he should, but having Urso. And Westwood together they're kind of like a box box midfielder and eight but I think Westwood might be a better six I think they just allow freedom for one another they both do different things well like they're both I think Urso is a player who maybe plays a little bit better offensively on the ball Westwood's good defensively in a little bit of a deeper position but just that partnership is going to evolve as this season goes on and um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it what do you think Danny about his performance I think he's locking down a place in the starting lineup, which is uh, not great for uh, Jabril Diani or Brian Bronico, unfortunately. But uh, there's going to be some depth there. We're going to need the depth. But, I mean, Urso looked nice. I mean, this yeah. is an MLS veteran. This is a guy that has hurt us in the past. He's He's been a, a thorn in our side if a couple times in 2022, our first season when we played against Orlando both games. He was tough. Uh, you know, went home to Brazil for family reasons, then came back to Orlando, then was deemed surplus to requirements and let go. And he's had all this drama in his career over the last like two years. And so the idea that he could come in at, you know, I think he's 30 now and just like have a whole new sort of like everyone wants, everybody wants to talk about, oh, our, our aging midfield, but 30's not that old. He's 34. And, oh, he's 34. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was looking. No, 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 so, no. Yeah. So it's a little bit older, but at the same point, like 
he that's why we need the depth. That's why we have Deion yeah. and Ronico, obviously. He's not going to be able to play all 38 games of the season, but I, was, I like having him in there. I was really concerned uh, about the age when, when he was signed because I don't it's, why it's, I thought it was 30. That's it's, my it's, it's, it's no. all good. It's all, it's all that's good. That's why we have you. Thank no, no, you no. So I mean, it, the reason why I, I was concerned was because Charlotte FC kind of has this history of signing mid 30 right. midfielders. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, here's, was here's like another one. When we signed him, right. So yeah. at least he's, yeah. if you're younger than Miram, then yeah. it's like, you're okay. So yeah. when he showed up, when Junior Oso showed up to, to the Coachella Valley, and he he played in a match i realized very quickly that this man's fitness he has kept himself in unbelievable shape i mean he literally got signed last week right and, went and full 90. he went to full 90 yeah. and mm -hmm. it looked like he could probably do another 30. i don't know john like you you'll get to know the longer you're around the show you'll know how john respects the full 90 more than almost anything he'd yeah. rather if you go the full 90 <laughs> and gave up an own goal you still did a, had a pretty decent yeah. game yeah I, just, I love a player that has a a strong engine a player that won't stop and then yep. the manager doesn't have to worry about substituting right yeah especially like at his age and his experience and being new to the club hundred percent yeah yeah no doubt so th those are our men of the match if you will we still have some things to discuss for sure we're going to get into to ashley westwood's performance we're going to talk about that crowd at midfield we kind of just got into that as far as brant bronico and jabril diani how they get into this starting 11 we'll see how that pans we out over depth. the next couple months depth is good the fullback positions usually when you're not talking about fullbacks that means mm -hmm. they, they play a, a really good game Mm -hmm. I don't can you know potentially give us some insight into that yeah. as a former left back at Penn State. Awesome. I thought Burn and Ernan both did really well. Uh, as, as I did as well. And the, and the last thing I want to say here is give Zoran Cornetta credit, right? Because mm, finally he's somebody that that decided to bring a MLS veteran into this squad. It's something that the squad needed absolutely desperately. And and not only that, give credit to Dean Smith for bringing in Miles Joseph right. as the assistant coach. Right. I would argue that a big reason why we won that match on Saturday night against NYCFC is because of Miles Joseph and Junior Urso. You get no argument here. Yeah, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Anna Witte, Danny Brams, of course. Danny hanging out. He's ready for another beer. Um, I am ready for another beer as well. We're I need ready. to keep working on that. Yeah. <laughs> Anna's not ready for another I'm beer. I'm about to drink Anna's beer. <laughs> so it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I appreciate all the TFOs being here live. Uh, we're going to refill. We're going to come back. We're going to have those topics we're as not well. Done. Uh, we're going to talk about what's next going out to Vancouver next weekend. Uh, Canada and country music, baby. That's Canada the next three weeks music. for Charlotte FC. We, should we talk about uh, the kid? Nabasha Perkimas makes his debut. No, y'all want to hear about for Charlotte FC. At the key. We're talk about that. Much more right here. Charlotte Soccer Show. Back after this. Hey, we're back, and welcome back to Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Graham, Danny Woody here. And refill Danny, you got to refill. Did you run back the same thing? <laughs> Running back the human again. Oh, I didn't Seriously. know you were loaded. I would have got you another one. It's my okay. bad. My it's going to be a short my segment. My this bad, this, this B segment is going to be a short yeah. segment because we got a few things to talk about. And then the final segment, what we always say on the show is like when you're a real TFOs, you stick around to the end. Right. Okay. We make sure we hold some really good stuff to talk about right. at the end of the show. Okay. So it's like we it's, never tail off here. We save the good, the, the big bombshells for the very end. It's, I like it. It's like a reward. Yeah. yeah. We stick around this entire time. And you're going to get rewarded in the final segment danny and i i got a rant are going to be talking about the fans and i might even reveal a, a, my secret shame we'll see if johnny can talk me into that mm -hmm. one. okay so uh, one thing <laughs> one, one thing that we're going to do now is talk about a a debut for a player that was in contention to start at 16 years old it's nymphasha burkimus and he had his debut last night in front of 60,000 fans 
the ninth youngest player now to debut in an MLS match named Fasha Berkimis, born to Burundian parents in Tanzania. For many who might follow the youth national circuit, he shines this past summer's U-17 World Cup where he scored twice against South Korea. They went out to Germany in the quarterfinals. He's been electrifying. Electrifying. Yes. Electric. I mean, as cold as it was, didn't you feel like a jolt of a surge of electricity go through the crowd when it happened? Yes. I, everybody was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And not you only, knew it would come. Yes. I mean, there was there was no doubt about it. I, I had some inside information before the match that Carol Walton, of course, reported afterwards about the fact that uh, Patrick Ajemong's injury was the reason why Dean Smith said, you know what, I probably should keep uh, Burkima's on the bench because now our forward right. line is a little bit thin and I can't afford to, to start him. So he was this this close to, to starting. So made an MLS debut. Ninth mismatch. youngest player ever. Yeah. And amazing. His debut, Danny Brams, it was it was pretty special to see considering what do they say? It was a seventh youngest or ninth, eighth, ninth, ninth youngest, youngest player ninth youngest ever, yeah. in yeah. MLS history. He plays, for the, years plays, change, plays yeah. for the United States men's national team. Or maybe just turned 16. Uh, this is this is Charlotte FC's young star boy. Right. I mean, this is the wonderkind. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What's it like when a new person comes into a team dynamic like that and they're just like younger than everybody and blowing everybody's minds? Well, I also think it's important to know that he played with the MLS Next Pro team here. So yes. he's been training with this team for a long time. So a lot of these guys already knew who he was. They've been in situations, you know, off the field and, yeah, they're looking and over on the training. They're looking field. over their shoulder. Yeah, right, they exactly. knew about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what I'm going to get at for sure. And Dina, like all preseason, we were seeing this where like anytime they did like a photo dump, the social media team would do a photo dump mm-hmm. from preseason camp. You'd always see like Dean with his arm around Bergamos, like like yeah. Nimfa, like Nimfasha. Like he's just like you can like Dean is very proud. One of the things he brought up in his opening press when he first got here was he was very proud to have given the debuts to such and such young players over in England. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely carried that over with him. He's like very happy. He wants Burkimas to go become some like U.S. men's national superstar someday so that he can say, I gave that kid his debut yeah. for sure. Awesome. Uh, you nailed uh, Abram's name the other day. Kuchecki. Abram Kuchecki. Yeah, yeah. Abram Kuchecki. We're all about vibes on Charlotte Soccer Show. The main thing I've been saying that these pundits don't understand is that we may not have the DP talent. What we do have is the ultimate vibes. This team is about togetherness and hard work. And by the way, I read that because this is an audio podcast as well. Appreciate appreciate all the audio listeners out there. Of course. um, Who are listening to the podcast as well. Not everyone can stream the video, but we appreciate those who are here with us. I think what Nymphasha brings is good vibes, right? When there's a young kid around, everybody puts their, their arm around them. Everybody yeah. wants, mm-hmm. I think they want to show off a little bit. Yeah. They like there's Scotty Arfield firing off like 40 yard shots. You know, this is a, you know, Hey, Nympho, <laughs> check this out. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a fantastic debut for Nymphosha and I cannot wait to see how his career plays out here in Charlotte and, and quite frankly, how his career plays out with the United States men's national right. team. Yeah. Right. Because the, the, the national team, we all know at this point, it's, uh, pretty chaotic is mm. pretty dysfunctional mm. and in a couple years at the world cup if there is an 18 year old player that has looked really good for a couple years with charlotte fc he might get a lot yeah i mean and a young player now can kind of establish himself with all these people watching him in different settings I, yeah you're uh, you're dead on with this men's national team needing some new players new style new flair for him to be comfortable now in this MLS setting, get the experience. Hopefully, he'll continue to get those looks. 
um, when needed. Yeah. One thing I, I told Danny this before the season when we talk about Nymphasha mm -hmm. is like I, I'm treading lightly here, right? Because sure. of the age, right? If 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 Nympha goes out there and he has a really poor performance, I don't think the right thing to do is to sit here and and critique it and mm -hmm. uh, just because he's 16 years old. I have no problem. I have no problem. I have no problem sitting here saying right, that sure. Christian Latanzio was a fraud because he's a he's an adult. He's has a career and. He's been doing it for a long time, right? And Fosh is 16 years old. So just he's, tread, in fact, tread lightly. A, in fact, he's a retired adult at this point. Uh, although yeah. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing. But how about Kiefer brought up? And it was great meeting you, Kiefer, at the tailgate. Thank you so much for showing up. One of it the was. first to arrive and yeah, last to leave. Oh, yeah. he The entire duration. Yeah. And yes, uh, he points out that Nifa wasn't afraid to have a go. Nifa did get he, – he was lacking a little purchase on that shot, but he did get a shot on goal off late which was, uh, you know, well, it had no cha real chance of scoring, but it was an attempt. There was a couple moments where I thought a veteran player might have taken the ball to the corner flag towards the end of the match. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I yeah. saw him on the ball, and I could just tell he had no interest right. whatsoever flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. going over towards like that corner flag. If you, if you flag. give me, I'm going to go take a corner kick, maybe I'll go over there. That's about it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, congrats to Nymphasha for making that debut, and, and cheers to Dean Smith for uh, putting him in the game. Right. I mean, that's that's a decision that has to be made. And and by the way, he did it when it was one nil. Right. Say. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. it wasn't like they had solidified the win. Yeah. Was it the 85th minute yes. that they put him in? Yes. Like they were still I think they went to the 95th minute. There's 10 minutes left. Mm -hmm. Everything can change. So the fact that they have right. confidence in him, he's young. Um, he clearly had confidence in himself to take that shot. He wanted it. That's a good sign for Charlotte FC fans. Absolutely. So a couple another position that I want to get into, Danny, is the fullback position. You know, something that we haven't really talked about. Anna's and, position. Yeah, Anna's yeah. position, exactly Let's right. Go. So, and this is something I think that we're going to ask of Anna as the season rolls along, just to really circle these these fullbacks. Because I think in this Dean Smith 4-3-3, or you, you could even call this Dean Smith system at this point, I think it morphed into like a 4-2-3-1 mm -hmm. at points during this match. I think so. Mm -hmm. um, so these with fullbacks, the way Westwood was playing, for sure. Yeah, there was a bit of a pivot at the back with with Urso and, we, uh, and Westwood at some points. So... When you're thinking about these fullbacks, when you're thinking about Nathan Byrne, you know, what is, to me, I, I've, I've famously, or maybe infamously said on the show, like, I'm good on Nathan Byrne after he played a couple matches. Right. I just didn't think he had it. Nobody and then him. I continued to watch him. I realized he's got a, a tool belt. You know, there's so many mm -hmm. things that you have to do as a fullback. There is, and it depends on what formation you're playing, what the, the double pivot or the single pivot six is doing in front of you. So the fact that they have Westwood and Urso in the middle who can cover the ground for a player like burn burn can get forward a lot more and throughout the season i think you'll see him in like the attacking positions a lot putting crosses in taking opportunities himself the game against nyc he didn't do anything to me he didn't do anything crazy but that's a good thing like they didn't really need him in a way that they'll probably need him as the season goes on because the forwards really took care of the attacking options, but he was really just good at being organized. Yeah, exactly. Right? Sometimes that's all you need from a fullback in certain games. You don't, you, they don't always need to be as flashy as you want them to. I would describe it as like professional cover yeah. at the fullback position. He always knows where he is on the field. Mm -hmm. He always knows if it's one of his center backs has marauded forward and he right. has to fill into the back. I like that term. This guy's got some terms over here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so for me, I think, and, and one thing, and I want you to, I want you to keep an eye on this, right? Okay. Because I think Nathan Burns is one of the fastest players on the team. Okay. So what, watch for him to to reach top speed what, I mean, danny you've seen him reach top speed oh yeah when he overlaps right he's he's well, and, and when he's when he's recovered well when the latonzio well. system had like every defender up near midfield and all of a sudden there was a ball over the top and burn had to run back and tackle somebody before they got a 1v1 against kalina 
yeah, I have seen his speed in those cases. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I also Wanda... saw him get tossed around by Elias Manuel, unfortunately, for a, on, a, on a sad, sad night of the fortress. But <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just saying with Melanda <laughs> stepping up and doing all the things that he was doing a little bit more in the midfield, Byrne provided that cover with Privet. So mm -hmm. even like in three back in situations, if Melanda didn't win his battle, like he can cover, he can get forward. Mm -hmm. But like I said, he wasn't anything flashy, but sometimes you don't want that from your outside backs. They just got to play their game. Yeah, and he was – he. what I thought was that he was at least proactive. Like anytime he, – he was looking for long balls early over the top to Enzo that really like a couple of bird things burned it early, even though they didn't like directly lead anything. They set up sort of that first 10 minutes where we had a lot of pressure and were able to get that goal off a set piece. Mm -hmm. And Byrne contributed to that big time. I got to give him some props for that. Yeah, he's he's the first choice yeah. right back for this squad. There's no doubt about that. Jalen Lindsay, he's one of our own. He's somebody that provides cover at that position for Nathan Byrne. He's somebody that can come in. He can he can spell Nathan Byrne. He can give him a break. I think B-Y-R-N-E. Anybody can spell Byrne. Come on, it's not that hard. <laughs> Well, I actually changed mine phonetically to burn because I pronounce it incorrectly all the time if I did. Yeah. Spelling bee kid. What can I say? I had to jump in there. Uh, there's there's uh, two more players, really, that we haven't talked about that I want to make sure that we get Sure, to. hit me. Okay. Right? Let's and the first is another debutant, and that's Yuri Tavares. Yuri Tavares, a player that we we saw there. We we, we talked about Milanda so much because of that opening goal, but Tavares was really the player that made it happen. Let's go. Let's not even talk about the goal situation, right? Mm -hmm. That the, the header was brilliant, by the way. Uh, what was he like on that right wing? Because I think there's a lot of people that that finished watching the game last night and said this guy might be pretty good. Well, so he was on the left wing, right? So Tavares actually played the left wing, which forced Kerwin to the right, which is why some people, that's kind of why I think he might have had a bad game because he's more of a natural left winger. Mm -hmm. But I just think he didn't, like, Dean was more comfortable asking Kerwin to play opposite side than he was asking Tavares. So Tavares gotcha. slotted in at left wing, and he was good, and he was making things happen. And I just liked that he was not afraid to go on and have a go as a young player. You know, like, all, Dean has infused these guys with so much confidence. Like, I could see... If you looked right before kickoff, there was a moment where Tavares was just like looking up and taking in all the crowd. And I was thinking to myself, like, this guy was like slumming in Matthews last year, you know, like scoring banger after banger and create, like, contributing to like 15 plus goals with goals plus assists. And he just had a great season. And now he's done the thing where he's now playing in front of 62,000. I just wondered what was going through his head at that moment. And then the way that he played with so much confidence, I know that what was going through his head was, I can do this. Let me just say this yeah. quickly. This is the part of the show where I give Danny Brams some serious props because Danny's been whispering him. my ear in my ear him. about Yuri Tavares now for for six or eight months, and I was very oh. skeptical. And one thing that I well, when they didn't when he couldn't score against uh, Columbus Crew too, you were kind of pissed in, in the uh, Columbus Crew two is good. Next pro they are. They are. They, they, yeah, they, are good. they could go on to win it all, but yes. Yeah. 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 What did you think about his length? I mean, he's a lengthy player. He almost mm -hmm. provides like what a, when a winger Big has kid. length. Mm -hmm. with a counter press you know mm -hmm. what does that do for a team that he, he he does so well getting forward but also when the front line wants to win the win the ball back he's tough to, to beat he is and even if he doesn't have the ball like he creates so much distraction from the the back line so it's do you want to cover Vargas do you want to get to Capetti mm -hmm. or do you yes, want Tarvis you. to be the player that we cover and that's why Byrne didn't have to be as involved in the attack because NYCFC's, you know, backline was already so confused with what they were going to do with what was given. Um, yeah, I think it's great. His stretch, his ability to get forward. He's young, so he can run for years. He can be a 90-minute player for you, John, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, full 90. He can be a full 90. 90. Yeah. He, he would be, you know, he, 
he, he I wouldn't circle him as a 90 minute player only because of okay. there, there needs to be room for Scott Arfield to get on the pitch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scotty came in for Deopera, which was that, a little more true. natural. Scotty as a central Scotty yeah. subbing in as the 10 is even more natural. Like we've been talking about him as a winger sub in the preseason, but I think it's better for him as a central mid. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic point and it's an even better transition to to the final topic that we're going to have well, with Dennis today and it's yeah. Brecht Diagra he's the number 10 player and I said spell Diagra do you want you want you say you spell burn how about spell Diagra that's the real question no, I could spell but I won't put you on the no, 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 do it you're the spelling bee guy uh d-e-j-a-e-g-e-r-e yeah Diagra. I knew you could do it yeah well, yeah, yeah very good very good Danny. it's um, like deja vu but deja agra yeah. You, don't get, you, you, don't, you don't get that anywhere else. Give yourself these little mnemonic tricks. That's how you learn how to spell. Only on Charlotte Soccer Show. On our pregame show here live at, at Hopfly, um, at our tailgate. Uh, everybody that uh, was here at the tailgate could hear us. If you weren't at the tailgate, you couldn't. But that's a story for another day. But that just shows how important it is to be here. Because the people that were here got a hell of a show. Um, I, we talked about how to <laughs> we talked about how to watch the game. And I said, hey, there's two ways to watch the game, right? You can watch the ball or you can pick somebody or mm -hmm. a, a couple different people to watch off the ball. And I said, hey, if you don't want to watch the ball tonight, watch Breck Diagra. What do you think about his performance in that number 10 role? And has he solidified his spot as Charlotte FC's playmaker? Not so much as Enzo, but Breck ran for days last night. I thought he was good. He didn't pop up in huge ways that were visible, but he kept everything moving. I think he facilitated the attack. Most of the attack, our attack really did kind of run through the wings. And so there's not as much for him to do in that situation. I don't know. The, in, there's going to be other matchups where we go more centrally and Breck's going to be more involved. I thought there was a time, there was one time where I thought he might have been fouled in the box and could have drawn a PK, but it wasn't called. I just thought he was good. I, I, I loved the way he was tracking down balls. There was one great play where he ran his ass off to a ball that, mo that literally a, 21 dudes had given up for dead. This ball was going to roll out and Breck ran and caught it. I remember that. Stopped it mm -hmm. before it got over the sideline, created another offensive chance out of it led to a nice it was early and it led to a nice cross where we had honestly, a chance of a chance i honestly so, thought at that moment yeah when i saw brecht i think that he like did the rope a dope yeah against yes. everybody yeah he yeah pretended yeah pretended like semi he wasn't yeah, interested yeah, yeah, yeah. to go get it and the yep. defenders stopped as well and then he picked up his speed and went and got you're the so ball right. you're so right you're so right i can't I won't, I won't cheers you because I'm, I'm i'm gonna get right, it yeah, yeah i got it i need to get out uh, but I remember that play specifically yeah, for that reason. Thinking to myself, big time. Uh, Breck just got him. Got, got those defenders pretty good with that. I've play. never heard that word before. That's I got to use that yeah, one. You got to back into boxing. You got to get into boxing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> got well, it. Well, you got to know a lot of dopes. You know. One yeah, of yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You got two of them right now. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky me. So it's in. Uh, thanks everybody for hanging out with us on the show today. We've got one more segment for you. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the fan experience. Can I just say, though, I just want to give one more takeaway. If, yes. I, if I can give a little parting take as we turn our heads towards Canada and country music, where we're going to be talking about all week going next. Let me just say, this New York City team, this is a this is a nice win because this team's going to get a lot better. Uh, Bakrar, their new striker, designated player that came in, gave us fits all night. Santiago Rodriguez pulling the strings for that club. Almost earned a PK, was very close to earning a PK if it wasn't for a brilliant tackle by Privet. And then the the, sub, the Serbian sub that you saw Kalina hug at the end of that the post game clip, uh, uh, Miadovic, right, eighteen year old that he's New York's teenager who who they just signed. How did Zoran let an eighteen year old Serbian eight million dollar teenager get away? We'll have to talk to Zoran about that. Yes, we will. But uh, he's like he made his MLS debut and was a huge thing for NYC. So NYC is going to get a lot better, and they're they're a fringe playoff team like yeah. that on paper. So. 
we should feel pretty good about this win. We got them at a nice time when they were still getting their chemistry together. You love to hear that, and that's why it was a cup final. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. the next game when it's right. a cup final. You exactly. get that. You get that win. Keep and, moving. And um, you know, speaking of cup finals, uh, it was this. That's what I did this morning. Uh, cheers to cheers to Liverpool and and mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp on the way. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, excuse me, on the way out, uh, getting at least one trophy. Can, can he get can he go four or four? I don't think so. He should try to win the World Cup coaching the U.S. Men. That would be my theory. Yeah, that's that's always Klopp's been Danny's hot take has always been <laughs> that Jurgen Klopp is going to leave Liverpool and then coach the United States Men's National Team. Oh. And I've got to say, like it's every not day we are fetched at this. When point. I first started publicizing <laughs> this, we were like, ah. When did whatever. you when did you make this prediction? I, it first came to mind about eighteen months ago. Okay, I, I first started talking to people about it about twelve months ago, probably. Yeah. I honestly, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. don't know. We'll see. But I hope you're right. Well, I, you know, I just bought insanely expensive gold, uh, not gold, um, Conmi Bowl, Copa America, Copa yeah, America yeah. Uh, mm. tickets. Uh, the semi-final fees, tickets. The fees. Were those. Hopefully, we see the United States men's national yeah. team there. Yeah. I don't they're, think. I believe the way the tournament's set up is that their side of the semifinal will be here. So yes. if, they, if they make the semis, it'll be here. So that's hundred percent. So we've got that to look forward to. That we're going to cover that okay. tournament because the semifinal here in the third place game is here in Charlotte. So we're going to talk yep. about that on Stock, Charlotte Summer Soccer. Summer of Soccer. Show. Summer of soccer. Are you? I mean, I, I, don't know. I think this first run went pretty good, Anna. I don't know what the TIFO. We're gonna have to let the TIFOs be the oh, final judge. Gosh, I thought we got some pretty nice chemistry going here in episode one. I I think. Is this is going to be a good uh, three-man weave, th- three-person weave, let's call it, for the yeah. uh, Sunday shows. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This a- was a blast. Absolutely. We're going to have you back again. Where can everybody find you on social, and what yes. do you have coming up yeah. uh, in your full, your, you know, your real job here? In my real job? Weeks. Yes. Uh, Instagram, I'm at Anna Witte, W-I-T-T-E. On Twitter, I'm at Anna Witte underscore. If Anna Witte wants to give up her Twitter handle <laughs> so I don't have to have the underscore, that'd be great. Go away. Yeah, go away. Um, NWSL season kicks off on March 15th is the first Challenge Cup game. I'll be calling that. I've got some. I'm actually calling Crown Legacy in a few weeks when their season starts. So I can let you know when that game is. Oh, cool. Um, And so NWSL, MLS, all the things. Yeah. Nice. And and one thing that we're very excited about, we saw our friend Ashley Oseki and her husband came to the tailgate. Yes, right. Thanks so much for for showing up. And Can't, we're going to be bringing to independence games too. We're gonna, we got lots yes, of independence we, we coverage. We've got big independence coverage. Teaser. But we also have USL Super League right. coverage coming mm-hmm. up as well. Yes. The women's professional team launching in August. And I know, Anna, you're going to be a big part of that. Yes, I'm really excited to see. It's very interesting that two women's leagues in the States have first division sanctioning and that's going to play out. It's going to be really fun for the fans. It's going to be really fun for the players and it's going to have to force the NWSL to be better. And the super league team is going to have to be the best they can be from the jump. So not just, you know, I think that's good for Charlotte too. And the Carolinas, we got, we got both, we got NWSL and we got super league. So. Uh, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of professional soccer teams. I, there is. I've Carolina. been a, there I've is. been a courage fan up until now, but sorry, I'm I'm off the courage now. I'm, you are. Well, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I guess you know, you're I gotta go local. I got to yeah. go with the Charlotte squad. <laughs> but I, until then, we've I'm, got courage kicking off. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Right, Charlotte yeah. soccer show. John Hayes, <laughs> Danny Brams, and our new contributor Anna Liddy. Thanks so much for taking the time on a Sunday to be here. Danny Brams are, and I are coming back, and the reason why we're coming back I'm is because we have rant, our fan will. experience segment obviously there's two two things that happen i think on charlotte soccer show and, and a lot of the, the charlotte fc and soccer uh media channels in the city right we, we talk about matches we talk about the game but we also talk about the fan experience because you know what the supporters have been able to do and 
I mean, think about it. The players have all talked about walking out and seeing 60,000 people, mm-hmm. seeing the pause non mm-hmm. and getting an uplift from that. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss the fan base. It's the Main Street done. Hop. We're rebranding the pause non as the Main Street Hop. I'm here for that. Sorry. I'm for that. Yeah. So uh, cheers. I'm going to aggressively go for that. Cheers to you, Anna. Thanks so much again for, for joining us. Yeah, and thanks. we'll see you just in a few minutes. Oh, the Taco Show. Welcome back. John so Hayes, Danny Rams. Thank you so much again to Anna Witte for hanging out with us, making her debut on the Anna? show. How great was Anna, Tifos? Let her know. Yeah, come Follower. on. Follower. We need Anna to get at least three new followers from doing this episode, I think, on the social yeah. media. Right? Uh, I, she gave you the the, the, the uh, accounts of the interview. Yeah. Uh, show some love to Anna in the comments, and, right, and we'll please. throw them on the screen here in this this final segment. Appreciate her. The ultimate goal is for her to replace us. So <laughs> I don't know how far we've gotten towards. Well, that. Repl- replace <laughs> us. I mean, re- replace me, Danny. You're not you're not allowed to ever leave this show. <laughs> and this segment, by the way, is why because this is our bonus segment. Let's go tonight on the show. We're going to talk about who stuck with us through the break. By the way, thank you so much. Yes, we're going to talk about the fan experience. We're going to talk about the sixty plus thousand people in Uptown on. On Saturday night, we're going to talk about this soccer city, and we're going to talk about some constructive criticism that the club may need to hear about, you know, how to to handle that. But before we get into we're that, tell it like it is. Before we get into that, I mean, rather quickly, Charlotte FC is becoming the banner image for MLS, and here's why. Frenzy wow. of 65,000. Everyone's doing it now. You should just be supporter section, but you look around the stadium, everyone's doing it. Great atmosphere in here. Great evening for a football match. Just absolutely insane. I mean, it was like absolutely, it. absolutely buzzing in the stadium last night. It was a good feeling. Uh, the the Min Street Hop was great. It was an awesome experience. I actually, so John and I, like, you know, full story. Let's just tell the whole story. So John and I obviously had a huge day over here at the tailgate. Thank you to everybody who came. Huge. Coverage of that all over the Instagram story, as well as we tweeted some stuff. You know, we got pictures all over the place. Be part of it. Come to the next one. Uh, it's a month away, but hey, we'll, we'll we'll live with that. Come to the away day watch party next weekend. Well, it'll be a slightly different version of the same great time. So, I was a little late getting over there. So we we did the party. We we sort of like took everything down here at like six fifty ish, right? Like yep. about forty minutes to kick off. We're like, okay, had a lot of stuff to, to a big setup. We had to take it down. So we're like kind of hustling. So like we're late to get in. You know, I I walked in. Actually, I did post this. Speaking of the Instagram story, I posted this video. I literally walked into the gate, like into the stadium, as the flyovers going over. You know, so oh, I, saw I like, video. yeah. Wait, so I, I, I was like, wait a minute, that timing was yeah. Like so I like, <laughs> I like walk in as the flyovers going over. It was amazing. I felt pretty good about that. I'm thinking, hey, maybe there's some. This is a good omen, right? Unfortunately, my friends, my tifos, it was not. Uh, the supporter section the two like you know that the 100 is going to be crowded you know the 100 is kind of reserved for the march behind the goal you know if you want to sit there you go do the march of course that's how you do it so i'm not ever trying to force my way down to the 100s i know when i get there late i'm not going to have to see the 100s it's not something that i even worry about but i don't expect to be like fighting for my place in the 200s so that was the issue so you get there you think you go to most charlotte fc matches season ticket holder in the supporter section you think okay there's good it's general admission 
The problem is every time that the club does these upper deck events, whenever they open the upper deck, what you got, what we run into is people who buy upper deck tickets, then just sneak into the supporter section since it's general mission, squat there and claim the seats without having supporters tickets. And so, and then the enforcement of the supporter section sort of like, do you have a ticket to sit here? doesn't start until it's full. It doesn't start until actual supporter section ticket holders show up looking for somewhere to sit. Okay, sorry, I wasn't here 20 minutes before kickoff. Sorry, I walked in right at the flyover, but I should expect to have a seat. So the the section is totally crowded, nowhere to sit. I had to, I ended up walking with Kevin Anderson, totally lost track of Brett and Hannah, couldn't find them. So lost those two. Then me and Kevin are like the last remnant of our little group walking. Yeah, because in. I, because I, Rachel and I were walking with you down Main Street, and then you were able to cross Moorhead right at the end of a stoplight, and then we were stuck behind. And I just waved by because I knew you all weren't waiting at that point. I'm an aggressive pedestrian for sure, no doubt. But uh, the um, Kevin and I sort of had to like we started going up to the back. We we're like, okay, we'll just go to the very back row of the 200s. You know, we'll we'll pop, pop, uh, set up up there, and that didn't even work. I go up the stairs. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to sit. And so then I'm just standing at the top of the stairs for the Ministry Hot part. You know, that was kind of cool. And I'm the first few minutes of the match. I'm just kind of like, all right, well, I'm in the very back of the supporters, but at least I got a good tactical view and all that. And then, of course, then the usher comes around. Oh, you can't stand on the stairs. You need a seat. Sorry, you got to get, you got to have a seat. You got to have a seat. I'm like, how about check 30% of the people sitting here that don't belong here that, that don't have tickets to sit here? But that didn't happen. Well, and for, and let me just be clear here. This isn't about like not belonging. I think this is about sitting in the logistics, right? right? This is just simply the idea that if you have a supporter section ticket, especially if you're solo, because knowing both you and Kevin Anderson, right. y'all don't need to sit next to each other. If there's two right. seats, somewhat in the same vicinity, y'all would have taken them. But the fact that there is no seats available logistically, right. I can't understand how and why that happens. Right. And then, so I, so the ushers forces me to find a seat. So I walk down about 10 rows and I sort of see there's two people and two aisle seats. So I just like grab on the aisle seat and, like, and they're like, Oh, they started. And I, I was like, I'm just pretending to sit here for a minute. And that like kept him at bay for a little while. And that's when I was, I was able, I had a really nice view actually for uh, Milana's goal. So I at least got to see like the goal from a nice, like posted up spot, which was great. And then of course, a few minutes later, like two people come wandering up friends of the people sitting next to me. And it's like, Hey boss, these are our seats, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you're not sitting on them. I am. So it seems like it's my seat to me, but I, you know, I'm not trying to get a fight on the, on the home opener. So I just moved on. I well, kept it moving. I, I think that's a, a, a conversation worth having <laughs> right. about um, your first half seats and your second half seats with general admission. Like it is. I understand the, the, the thought process that would be unwritten rules, right? Right. I'm sitting here in the first it's gray, half. It's a gray area. And now I sit here in the second half. I think that makes sense. But there has to be a point in that in the second half of where if it's the 55th minute and you're not back in your seat, right? Probably right. up for grabs. If it's the 12th minute and I have gotten a beer shower on me while sitting in this seat, I think I'm good for that seat for at least the rest of the first half. Exactly. And I'm a think I'm a I think I've earned the right to not be referred to as boss by someone who doesn't even know me. And that was a yeah. huge that that was a sign of just how mature I've gotten, John, that I just kept it moving. Because when that guy called me boss, yeah. I, I I was like to fight. Like a younger me would have absolutely just gone off on that dude. Okay, but. so I'm going to make an analogy. Here, right? And don't call me boss. Don't don't call me bud. Do not ever call me bud. Just call me Brams. 
And being called by your name is always the best way to go. Um, sometimes I call, you know, it's like, there's like, I think there's like a, a nice way to do dude and bro if you have a good surfer vibe. Sure. Like, or a good snowboard vibe. Like right. if you're a bro and you say, what's up, dude? Or, hey, bro. Like I think it right. comes off well. But the older you get. Anyway, we, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> Bonus. So, <laughs> but for, for right now, I think the, the analogy I want to make about this is that I think what's happening in the Charlotte FC fan base and the supporters mm-hmm. group is, is that you have people like, like yourself, like Jorge Torres, who was just in the, in the, the, the chat, right? Love Jorge. Um, but huge uh, Jorge. Sean fan. Swaim in the chat. Len Conracki in the chat. Uh, Matt Barbie in the chat. Uh, Ash Hamrick in the chat. The right? chat is popping. Thanks everybody for showing up. You guys are the best. All, all these, everyone in the chat, everybody watching the show right now is like, yeah, we love Charlotte FC. We go to the matches True. and we know everything about the club and, and we watch Charlotte soccer show. And thank you so much for doing that. The reason why we do it is for the TIFOs, but you're the, you're the folks that paid for the house, right? Right. This right. is the vacation home. And, right. and we all pulled our money together and, mm-hmm. and we're going to spend the summertime at the house on the beach. Right. And because we love it. Right. But here's the problem. Every weekend, people are off work. And weekenders are coming down to the beach. Sure. And they're going Whether to, we want them to or not. And they're going to crowd the beach. They're going to crowd the bars. They're going to crowd, crowd the establishments. And some of them might end up sleeping on the floor at your house. Mm-hmm. If you're a nice enough person. <laughs> or your back deck. And, and, and the, the people who have paid for the house, that live there every yeah. single day, all of a sudden they start to resent the weekenders, the, mm-hmm. the people that are coming in. I think that's starting to happen with this fan base. So I'm not um, casting any criticism here on either side of the aisle. What I'm saying is, is that the home opener is a match for casuals. Right. And that's kind of why I was able to sort of just have a, so there's two reasons why I didn't like get super up in arms. I mean, complaining about it now. I'm ranting about it now, but I wasn't like, this didn't keep me up all last night or whatever. I just like, moved, no, this is a worthwhile conversation. Cause I've but, seen a lot of people having it, but a, I, I knew what to expect. I knew it was the home opener. I knew it was going to be, I, I had been through this enough times now to know that when the upper decks open, this has a chance of happening. And I knew I was getting into the stadium pretty late. The other thing is I was completely exhausted. I was so wiped out from like all the tailgate setup and the tailgate party. And I drank more than I normally do. And I was just drunk as hell. I was cooked by kickoff. Like well, absolutely. I, so I couldn't really offer much. Resistance. I made a note for yeah. the next time we have a tailgate here right. or a party here at Hoffly to bring chairs. Good call. Because what ended up happening is, is that you basically stood, we stood for nine hours straight yeah. yesterday. So by halftime, yeah. you know, my, my, my 35 year old back was really, uh, you know, speaking to me. If you give will. it 10 years. That's all <laughs> <I can say. laughs> um, so the, the analogy I'm More trying yoga. to make is, is that, you know, the diehard Charlotte FC fans, the people that love mm-hmm. this club, the people that are at every match that go watch a midweek match in mm-hmm. the rain, uh, because they love the club. We were and, talking about that, know, too, that, yeah. that is, those are the people, those are the supporters that really are the heartbeat of this club. But for the casual people, I think you have to look at casual fans and people who are maybe new to this club mm-hmm. as a good thing, right? Ultimately, it you is. want to grow the fan base, the, the people that support the club. And that's why I asked the club, right? This isn't on supporters to figure it out. Mm-hmm. This is on the club to figure it out. Well, it's and it's again, it's like the key to the whole thing is ushers need to be enforcing before the section fills not wait till it fills and then just anybody that shows up after you presume they don't have a ticket my story was not that bad i heard horror stories i heard uh, one horror story of some fans that season ticket members 
that were kicked out of the stadium by security and had to like go to the will call and like work out a chance to like get themselves back in the stadium. Like someone tweeted that at us. So like, I don't know the full details of that, but like stuff like that might be happening and it's just not good. And like, like the, the club's just got to do better in that regard. Now for my part, what I'm going to do better, because I always look at myself, what could I do better? You know, if I, I what, how could I help that situation next time there's an upper deck game? I'm going to make sure I'm there in earlier. Maybe I'll go to the March and make sure I can go sit down in the 100s, you know? So like, I'm going to take it upon myself to fix it, but I hope that people at the club will also be examining everything that went wrong and let's hire some more. I mean, I know it's tough to get, you know, quality workforce out there, but like a lot of times these security folks that are working in the stadium don't seem to get the vibe that we're all there to have a good time. And it's like, they're on a power trip and right. it's like they, you know, I don't know what their priorities are or what their, what their, guidances from their employers and like telling them how to act or whatever but a lot of times they're not very fan friendly i gotta say sometimes they are i saw one security guard like taking a picture like holding a fan's camera and taking a picture for him. i'm not it's not a universal condemnation but it could be better overall so what was your takeaway from the music around the match obviously the mint street hop um, after all the polish exodus we're, mm -hmm. we're, st we're still doing the poznan i think it's it's really uh, caught on as a charlotte fc yeah. Uh, staple as as a tradition here for the club but what did you think about uh our friend ryan bailey from total soccer show just absolutely shredding it at halftime da -na, da -na, da -na. oh yeah so i'm a huge green day fan i like brain stew i don't really love brain stew not my favorite green day song there's way way better songs on insomniac but i get it it's kind of a fun it was a single it was a popular song in like the late 90s and it's like a way to like it's kind of like, it's a little bit slow, so it's a little bit hard to do as a chant, but I sort of respect like this push to do it. Here's my big deal. I loved Ryan on the guitar. He shredded. Couple notes. Couple no There's always a couple notes with me, right? I got Especially if it I, involves music. I got a note or two. One, I get that maybe it ran a few seconds long and the players were about ready to kick off, and they did, in fact, kick off right at the end, but they killed the audio on Ryan's guitar right on like his last note, so he didn't get to hit like the final note like if you're going to go commit commit stadium uh you know uh production team like don't kill a guy's audio on the last note no like know the song like understand that he's got one more freaking note it's, it's like don't the, kill it's like the speech the at the oscars yeah and get played yeah. off like, and they, they, they kicked the second half off i know we can work on the timing a little better i thought people were into it people kind of got it the whole like donna c donna l donna t donna 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 is good i love that i love that there's the people who have worked hard to make this brain stew thing happen, I salute you. I push you to go keep going forward, Godspeed. I got a note, though. I got to give another note beyond just the, the audio uh, production. The lyrics don't work for me. The lyrics of the chant, the lyrics are, I'm having trouble uh, trying to sleep. I'm counting goals but running out. As time ticks by, still I try, still counting goals in my head. Or something. You can't make a chant about counting goals because I will not do and if you're going to do this chant every game at the start of the second half, I will not chant, I'm having trouble counting goals if we haven't scored any goals. I'm just not going to do that at the game. If we're if we're scoreless at half, I'm not going to like chant, I'm having trouble counting goals or whatever. Like, Let's change the lyrics. Let's make them a little more generic about the club and how happy we are to be there and start the second half and not about counting goals. You know what would be, I think, one of the most – interesting and historic decisions that could be made for the show that's the like section and I, I, mean, I mean this sincerely 
it, it, it doesn't have to be Ryan. And again, the reason I brought Ryan up is because he's 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 a good friend. I've got nothing but respect for Total Soccer Show. If you love MLS, if you love soccer, go to Total Soccer Show. If you don't know who they are, go find out because oh, yeah. it's, it's a great show. And Ryan Bailey lives here in Charlotte. He's a Charlotte FC supporter, and he represents the club on Total Soccer Show. And and I talked to him before. Uh, he was he going to play on Saturday night, and I said, "Hey, man, that's freaking incredible, man! You're yeah. playing in front of like sixty thousand. That's great." And he goes, "Yeah, but I don't fuck this up." Like he was nervous. He, was he did scared. awesome. He played it. He nailed the play. The guitar was great. I just don't like the lyrics of the chant. Yeah. yeah. So my point is, what I'm bringing up is, is what if Charlotte FC? So what if somebody had an electric guitar in the supporter section, and you had, you know, within limitations. Free right, right to just like right. throw down some well, ball goes out of play, yeah. like do a little rip, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That'd be amazing because like I know Nashville has soccer Moses. Nashville has yeah. like soccer Moses, who's sort of like he's sort of like their Chico El Muerte, yeah. you know, for us. Like well, even if he's their super fan, but he doesn't get to play. What about after goals? I'm thinking like the like the the Portland Timbers, yeah. right? Yeah. They've got this. Great... They got Timber Joey, who does the freaking uh, saws the log. Yeah. What if what if Charlotte FC's goal celebration was? The electric the guitar amp turns yeah. up and yeah. it's like you're shredding something. There. I'm 100 percent for it because it also makes me think of if you've seen Mad Max Fury Road. If you ever like, yeah. Oh, yeah. if you know Fury Road, like when Immortan Joe like sends his whole war convoy out to like track down the the escapees or whatever, oh, he's gonna a, go chase one them of down. the best movie scenes ever. Yeah, and like they, they have a truck, they have this like big battle like war uh, truck, you know, and like, the guy standing, and there's a guy the, like yes. on the thing like jamming a guitar to like play for all the, these warriors as they're going and it's like so iconic so i would love it let's put let's get electric guitar at every game for why sure. not and just it, but what it takes is the game presentation staff has to get has to up the level dino has brought the squad level up game presentation staff you got to level up too sorry just i have to call it like it is got to get better you're good i need you great and that's that's the vibe of the club right now there's there's so much <laughs> happening at this club right now that is very good and I think that uh, this club is on the precipice of of being great. We've been we've been doing the show live now for almost ninety minutes. So we're going to wrap up here in just a few. Appreciate everybody who's uh, been been sticking around and and chatting with us and watching the show. And you know who I really appreciate the people who are watching this on demand who have stuck it out this entire way. Hell so yeah! Cheers to you and and our audio listeners as well. Thanks for listening on the podcast. Thanks to Hotfly. The host and, and thanks to Hopfly for for having us here on this I mean, this this Sunday afternoon now turning uh, Sunday evening and if you could do us one favor if you could like this episode on YouTube you could subscribe to our channel you could subscribe to our podcast feed as well on Spotify Apple wherever you get podcasts <laughs> leave us a review drop a comment create a fake email address as well. and subscribe again yeah it's it's just so nice to to get engagement from our from our listeners and know that the time and effort that we're putting in to do this show for the tifos is okay. is worth it so uh, and it, send anna some love because it was great to have her she's gonna be a regular part of the sunday thing this is yes. re- this is this is episode one of a whole new thing that uh is going to be most weeks here uh depending on travel schedules and work stuff going on but when like as john said whenever it works for us to do the show we'll be doing the show and it's going to work yeah yeah exactly right if, if, if sunday doesn't work we'll be back here on on mondays or tuesdays mm-hmm. early in the week definitely to, to do this this it was good man show so we had to level up we've got a parting shot Ferdino. we've got a parting shot tonight i think that's one of it's a segment that i want to do regularly on this show and the reason why is because it's a nod to i think one of the best espn shows of all time so it's not our idea. 
Uh, this is around the horn or PTI. Which one? Around the horn. Parting shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Parting yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. For parting, sure. Parting, around the horn. Parting, so there's a, there's a couple of shows. I I have first of all, Danny's. If you don't know this, Danny's day job is to produce the Paul Feinbaum show, which is headed now. You know, been on the air for ten years on SEC Network. That's an unbelievable run. Around the horn has had an unbelievable run yeah. as well. But I think they're parting shot. Twenty years, yeah. Yes, and their parting shot to me is, is is super fun. So I've got one. I'll let you think of yours beforehand. Um, and my parting shot tonight is is that it's time to reset expectations <laughs> <laughs> to the top. It's time to reset to the top expectations. And the reason why is because of Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny's been preaching this in the entire offseason. It's it's really been difficult for me to wrap my mind around it because. There's so many young players on this squad, so many unproven players that are coming up from MLS Next Pro. And I wasn't quite sure exactly with the lack of depth on this roster, you know, how things would play out for this club. And I think this today, this morning, last night even, when I saw the 11, I think for me, I just felt like Charlotte FC was a real club for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I really did feel that way. I, I believe – when I looked at the 11 graphic, Kalina was the only starter from the first ever from two years ago, from the 2022 home opener. Kalina was the only same face. Uh, you know, so two years later, we've completely uh, turned over the entire starting 11, and uh, it felt good. They feel real. It looked, it looked even more so when they got on the pitch. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, just, it, I think Charlotte FC, now that it has its first two seasons under its belt, mm-hmm. There's no doubt to me that things are getting real fast. Yeah. And what I wanted to ask you, you know, my parting shot is reset expectations and that Dean Smith is going to do wonders for this club. Please. The worst thing that could happen is Dean Smith just blows this league away and somebody comes calling from the English Premier League again. Right. Because it's going to be hard to say no to that. Right. But – Put that out of your mind and start thinking about the fact that worst thing that could happen is that he's managing his son Jamie at the Greenville Triumph in two years. That's the worst thing. That could <laughs> that is, yes, that could happen as well. But sorry, Triumph. I, I'm resetting my expectations because it just seems like to me that Dean Smith is the type of professional football yeah. manager that accumulates points. Right. Simple as right. that. Get points. Get points. It's not about the Move system. Up the table. Yeah. It's not about the system. Right. It's not about right. fancy football. We're not trying to create the platonic ideal of a left back here or anything. You know, we're just trying to win games. We're just trying to get some points. <laughs> it's just uh, the fact that that's refreshing. Just <laughs> right. I mean, like we've been through hell over the last couple of years with this club. Well, There's no doubt about that. And I give props to the supporters well, for dealing with it. Well, all. you have to figure is that those first two guys came cheap, and then they finally decided we got to shell out and spend for a manager. Yeah. I, I have no doubt Dean's commanding a, a top ten, if not top five, salary in the league. Uh, and you said in the past, he's, and, he might be the best coach. If not in the number league. one, if not number one, <laughs> if he's not the best coach, my I love your parting shot. I agree with everything you said about Dino. My parting shot is simple. It's short and sweet. Vancouver, we're fucking coming for you. Let's go. It's for the crown, baby. It's for the crown. We're coming. We're gonna do a preview episode of the Vancouver match. We're headed up to British Columbia. Oh, Canada will kick your fucking ass. On that note, thanks again. Danny Brams back. I apologize. Later this week.